here's a story from The World. The U.S. invested some $2 trillion in Afghanistan. A dirty little secret that is not so secret anymore. Corruption and mismanagement plagued the effort there really from the start. One U.S. government agency charged with overseeing money used to rebuild Afghanistan is called SIGAR. That's the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction. John Sopko has led SIGAR since 2012 and joins us now from Washington. Inspector General, your job is to sound the alarm uh, when funds are being misused. Tell us in brief what your agency actually does. We're one of the independent inspectors general created by Congress, and uh, we have audit and uh, criminal investigative authority. And our job, as you rightfully noted, was to ferret out waste, fraud, abuse in uh, the money spent in Afghanistan, as well as to give advice to Congress on uh, and the administration on the problems we found and how to fix them. So knowing what you knew over the years in Afghanistan, tell me about your reaction when you saw the Taliban take over the country in August. I have to be honest, although we had predicted problems and major problems for the 10 years I've been there with the Afghan military and the government, I think we were surprised, just like everybody else, at the speed to which the government and the military collapsed. And not only surprise, but also shock and and sadness, because we knew what it meant for a lot of uh, Afghans we had worked with over those years. In the report, Sigar talks extensively about corruption. Can you highlight what was going on? And could the U.S. have done more to prevent it? I think the U.S., and we highlighted the U.S., could have done a lot more. And actually, the U.S. contributed a lot to the corruption in Afghanistan because we spent too much money too fast in too small a country with too little oversight. So the corruption was really endemic. And we're not talking about corruption like you may see in uh, the United States or Europe or elsewhere. Uh, We're talking about uh, corruption that's actually baked into the system there. Money was being stolen from us and from all the other allies who contributed for years from the top all the way down to the bottom. So what was the attitude of the Afghan government to this kind of thing that would, I mean, inevitably lead to dysfunction? The Afghan government did not take an active response to our criticism on corruption. And I think in part because the corruption was just so endemic. You know, they were very good at checking the box. They would create an organization, hold a conference, rename something. We were really upset and repeatedly talked about this in our reports with not only the Ghani government, but the Karzai government before that. Now, this doesn't mean there weren't some honest cops, Afghan cops and prosecutors and parliamentarians and judges who tried to do something. But overall, it was a pretty pathetic response to fight corruption in that country. And what impact did that have on the government's ability to repel the Taliban ultimately? Well, ultimately, it contributed to the Taliban's success because what happened is the Afghan people saw how corrupt and incompetent their government was, and they saw it wasn't improving. So they lost respect for the government and support for the government. They also saw that our government was giving that money to those corrupt officials and those corrupt contractors and those corrupt warlords. So we lost support. I imagine John Sopko uh, calling this stuff out over the past decade has not made you the most popular man in Washington. Um, How have administration officials and members of Congress responded to your reports? 
a lot of members of Congress responded positively and have been very supportive of us and have actually recognized uh, over the years uh, what we were doing and, you know, uh, the warnings we were giving. Some people in the administration have done that and uh, been very responsive. But once you start a war, it's hard to stop. And once you're in there for 20 years and... it's like changing, you know, the a ship in the water, trying to slowly move it. We had some successes, but obviously uh, a lot of things were not taken to heart by some of the administration people. And there were there was a groundswell of uh, you know of opposition to some of the ideas we came up with when we first highlighted the the problem of ghost soldiers and ghost police. There were a lot of nameless, faceless bureaucrats who whispered to congressmen and senators and uh, staffers that, oh, Cigar was exaggerating. Well, it turned out we weren't. And it turned out even the Afghans admitted, for example, right before the collapse, that over 50% of the police in Helmand and other provinces never existed. So the first U.S. mission in Afghanistan was to get rid of al-Qaeda. Then came the nation building. Then came the surge. Then a strong desire to leave. But nothing happened until this year. How much do you think that constant pivoting led to a lack of mission focus and more corruption? I mean, the report we came out with, we had been working on sort of summarizing all of our work and what happened over the last 20 years. It came out. We'd been working on it for a year and it came out. Uh, ironically, just a, a day or two after the collapse of Kabul, that highlighted a number of lessons. We didn't really have a clear, articulated strategy and goal. And so a lot of things collapsed as a result. So instead of fighting a 20-year war, doing 20 years of reconstruction, we did it one year at a time. We really never focused our resources on the target. That also contributed, although I think it's an equal problem, was just a lack of understanding of the political and cultural context of Afghanistan. I mean, we basically we basically empowered the warlords who the Taliban had successfully beaten with the support of the people. Well, we came in and again, not understanding the context, not understanding the corrupting influence not understanding how the Afghans hated these people, we empowered them. And lo and behold, when you go to sleep with dogs, you wake up with fleas. And what we did here is we made our bed with some very evil, corrupt, powerful individuals in Afghanistan who were hated by the people. So, John, Congress has called for a review of the rapid collapse of the Afghan government and its military. How do you think Congress will react to its own findings? Will officials be more likely to listen this time around? Well, I hope they will. I mean, Congress has asked us to answer a number of critical questions to do these. I mean, they've asked us to explain why did the Afghan military collapse so quickly? Why did the Afghan government collapse so quickly? What happened to all the money that we were shipping over there, particularly when did we shut off the spigots of money flowing to Afghanistan? What happened to all the weapons? What is happening to all of the women and girls who we supported and all those programs to assist them? I I think they're reaching out to us because we have a track record of uh, speaking truth to power. We have a track record of not of being nonpartisan. 
we've criticized Democrats, we've criticized Republican administrations. We just state the facts. I think a lot of people in Congress actually think we may be the best organization out there to answer those type of questions. John Sopko is the Special Investigator General of SIGAR, a federal agency overseeing the American reconstruction of Afghanistan. John, thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure, Marco.